0: Hey ladies, I've got a little bit of a deep dive episode for you today. We're going to be diving into histamines, what histamines are, why they matter to you, what type of symptoms you may see if histamines are playing a role in not only your hormones, but also in just how you're generally feeling as well. Histamines are a really important part of your immune response But as you may have guessed, since I'm talking about them here on the Happily Hormonal podcast, they also can have a big influence on your hormones. So I'm going to get into all of that in this episode. Welcome to the Happily Hormonal podcast. Now, if you're a little iffy on whether or not the word hormonal is a good one, then you are in the right place. If you would love to have lasting energy, balanced hormones, and better periods, and you find yourself spending all of your precious time after the kids go to bed researching what to eat, what supplements to take, how to exercise, and you feel overwhelmed by all the info out there, then I've got you. I'm Drew, Drews, registered nurse and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner plus mama of three little ones. And I know that hormone balance doesn't have to be hard. I'll help you balance your hormones without perfection with simple steps that actually work for busy mamas so you can feel good inside and out and be present, joyful, and confident in the beautiful life you're already living. If you're in for happy hormones, taking messy action and seeing results without perfection, then put your hair in that mom bun, grab your toddler the seventh snack of the day and grab yourself a bone broth hot chocolate so we can do this. Okay, so let's start off with the basics, and the basics with histamine does get a little deep, a little bit fast. But I know that you are here because you are learning about your body, and you're ready for this. So I'm just gonna dive right in. So a histamine is a protein in the body that is in every single tissue of the body. They're made by mast cells, as well as basophils and platelets, and other cells in the body. So mast cells, basophils, platelets, they're all in the blood and they can be stored. Histamines can be stored as granules inside of our cells, and they can be released as needed according to stimulation from outside sources. And so histamine is really a big part of our immune system. And the thing that you may already know about histamine is you may understand that the histamine is related to antihistamines, right? So antihistamine medications like Benadryl or Zyrtec or things like that. We know that histamines cause the allergic response essentially, or they're part of the allergic response. And they that is really one of their biggest roles in our immune system. They help us react to allergens, And they are definitely not all bad. Um, As you may hear me say with so many different things in the body, the symptoms from histamine are, it is an inflammatory process when histamines are released. Um, But the inflammatory process assists in healing and helps to alert our bodies and to show us that something is going on in our environment. So when that pro-inflammatory response is triggered by histamines in mast cells, then we see um, like an inflammatory immune reaction. And that immune reaction tells us like something in your environment is causing you to struggle. And so histamines are essentially the hormone of alarm. And with that being said, we need alarms to tell us when something is wrong. And so Histamines can also be a part of the process for making stomach acid, um, for the stress response in our body, and even for contracting our muscles. So, histamine really does a lot in our body and a lot of good things. Um, and they can be released from the mast cells in response to an antibody called IgE. So we have different antibodies in our bodies. We have IgA, we have IgG. IgE is the one that is most closely associated with the allergic response and can be to the extent of anaphylaxis, but it is secreted in response to a pathogen invading. So when I say a pathogen invading, that's some sort of like virus, bacteria, Um, it could be a parasite, it could be an allergen, any of those things would cause mast cells to be releasing histamine in response to that IgE response. So it's a whole cascade response, essentially, that can be triggered from whatever that initial environmental stimulus is or bacterial viral stimulus. Um, It can also be released in response to injury by toxins, chemicals, medications. So histamine can be released in response to lots of different things in our environment. So that does make it much more tricky to figure out what is causing histamine reactions, but oftentimes we can figure it out through, you know, like a good assessment of the environment, a good assessment of, you know, foods and different things like that. So how would you know if you are having a histamine reaction? Well, histamine can bind to multiple areas in the body. So I'm going to give you a list of symptoms essentially related to each kind of like organ system that it can primarily target. With that being said, there's a lot of symptoms from histamine. So this is not an exhaustive list. So first of all, histamine can bind to skin. And so that would cause something like itching, flushing, hives, rash. Those would be symptoms potentially from histamine. could be cardiovascular symptoms like heart palpitations, low or high blood pressure, even vertigo. Um, I just want to be clear. All of these symptoms have other sources as well. So they're not always histamines, but sometimes they can be related to histamines. Um, In the GI system, can be related to stomach aches, stomach cramps, gas and bloating, diarrhea, constipation. So everything that could go wrong in your gut. If you have a lot of gut symptoms, they can be related to histamine. They can also be related to lots of other things. Um, if you, if we look at your. Hormone system, if it's triggering your uterus or binding to your uterus, you could have painful periods. There is a little bit of indication that histamines can play a role in endometriosis as well. We'll get into that a little more when we get into the hormone system a little bit more. Respiratory system, it can cause, you know, the basic allergy symptoms like congestion, sneezing wheezing, shortness of breath, um, kind of whatever extent of those allergy symptoms, itchy eyes, watery eyes, that kind of thing. But it can also affect the central nervous system. And you could have symptoms like headache, vertigo, It could cause insomnia, anxiety, depression, brain fog. There's a lot of symptoms that can be related to histamines. And so before you're like, okay, peace out, this is too much. We're going to get into the fun part, which is noticing What's going on in your body, and then understanding how you can actually support your body when histamines may be an issue for you. So, let's talk about first what are some reasons that histamine would be triggered in your body on a little bit of a deeper level. So, first one that comes to mind for me is going to be gut issues. And so, that can be bacterial overgrowth. There are some specific bacteria in the gut that can cause mast cells to release histamine. And there are other bacteria that can actually produce histamine themselves. So if you have not only inflammation in the gut, bacterial overgrowth, but specific bacteria that are releasing histamine, you could really be just fueling that fire with your gut itself. So a couple of the names of bacteria that are especially histamine inducing or producing would be Morganella, Klebsiella, H. pylori, um, specific parasites, Can increase histamine and immune response. And those are all things that we can test for on gut testing. And that is something that I do with my one on one clients primarily because it is a big picture. Like there's a lot to work on, there's a lot to look at when we do that testing, but those are things that we can test for. And when we use the GI map, we can see what's going on in the gut. So I feel like that's usually my favorite place to start. So even when we're not just looking at bacterial overgrowth, the Histamine response in the gut can also be triggered from leaky gut, um, inflammation of the intestinal wall. It can be from low good bacteria that are allowing bad bacteria to overgrow or allowing the um, food to sit in your gut longer and ferment and just cause more of an inflammation reaction as well. So there's a lot that comes from gut health. That can trigger histamines. The immune system is also really, really huge. Obviously, with histamines, and so a depleted immune system would have a huge impact on histamine production. Because if your immune system overall is not working appropriately, you would maybe have kind of a dysregulated histamine response, and or the ability to break down histamines may be less than it should be, and so. A lot of times when we see higher histamine production in the gut, it is because the immune system is functioning at a lower level. Another thing that we can see on the GI map test is the secretory IgA. And that is a, one of those immune globulins that I talked about earlier antibodies. Um, So IgA in your gut. So that's something that we can see. And what that typically means is that there's not enough good bacteria and there's too many bad bacteria. And then the body will be producing more IGE instead of an IGA with with the immune response. So again, the antibodies are being produced in less than optimal ratios because there's imbalance in the gut. So Hey friends, sorry to interrupt, but I have something new and free for you. So it's going to be worth it. I just created a private pod course that is going to teach you all about how to actually balance your blood sugar for happier hormones and more stable moods and energy. And I'm giving away the first two episodes completely free. All you have to do is sign up and grab those and you will have complete access right away. Your link is in the show notes and I will see you in there. there's, I could go a whole long way with gut symptoms causing histamine reactions, but we're really here for your hormones. So I do want to talk a little bit about, um, histamine foods though, because it's easy to go down a rabbit trail in my opinion of like, Oh, I just need to cut out histamine foods. But if you look at a list of histamine reactive foods, it's a lot of foods and it's a lot of good, healthy foods. So if you are having specific reactions after a meal, like gas, bloating, rash, brain fog, itching, that kind of thing, then it'd be really important to keep a food diary and, then, and do look at a high histamine food list just to know like, oh, hey, strawberries are something I eat all the time. And I think that actually might be causing symptoms for me. So let me pay attention and see if strawberries are something I need to take out of my diet or not. And they may be, And it may help bring your histamine response down a little bit, but there's a lot of foods that are on that list that you may or may not actually need to do anything about for histamine to improve in your body. Um, But when we look at those histamine foods as a whole, it is important to just see if you're having histamine symptoms, especially the hormone ones that we're going to talk about later. There may be certain parts of your month that you just don't eat as many of those histamine foods, especially if you can pinpoint which ones are causing more symptoms for you. And if we're seeing that your gut is already compromised, it's got some decreased, um, increased inflammatory symptoms as well as decreased immune function. And there's a bacterial overgrowth problem or bacterial imbalance, then those foods would trigger your gut more than if your gut was in perfect shape. So the idea is, when we're looking at histamine symptoms, we want to not only figure out the trigger overall, but we wanna be working on those underlying things like gut function so that you can tolerate histamines better. And there is an enzyme in the body called DAO that clears histamine. There are certain nutrients that you need to be able to break down that histamine and to make the DAO enzyme or activate the DAO enzyme. Number one, is bioavailable copper. Bioavailable copper is copper that is actually able to be used in the body as you might have guessed by the name. Um, and it's really important to have whole food sources of copper in your diet. So you could eat things like beef liver or oysters or bee pollen or liquid chlorophyll. Some, those are some of the, just the ones on the top of my mind, but there are lots of good foods that have bioavailable copper. You also need a Good amount of vitamin A, whole food vitamin A in your diet. Hear me say, I'm not saying take a supplement for copper or vitamin A. I'm saying eat foods that have bioavailable, absorbable vitamin A and make sure that you are chewing your food, that you are slowing down enough to eat, that you're making enough digestive enzymes to actually absorb that food well. And so paying attention to having those things in your diet, vitamin A is often in animal-based foods. So it's in your, I'm going to say beef liver again, because I just have to, it's very high in vitamin A. Um, it's high in cod liver oil, but it's also high in grass-fed beef. It's high in butter, milk, dairy products have a, a decent amount of vitamin A as well. So we're looking at mostly animal products. And again, like You can look up your own list of whole food, vitamin a foods, but it is important to be getting those things in. And it's also important to make sure that you have whole food, vitamin C in your diet as well. And, or even considering adding in a whole food, vitamin C supplement that looks like camu camu acerola cherry, something like that to help support your DAO enzyme and your histamine response. All of those things are going to be so important for inflammation in your body. Anyway, when you have enough bioavailable copper, enough vitamin a and enough vitamin C, and I am saying from a whole food basis on all of those, it is going to help support your body overall, because those are all really important, um, nutrients for energy essentially. And there are a couple supplements that can drive copper down And if copper is being driven down and not bioavailable, then it would deactivate that DAO enzyme and cause more histamine issues. So if you know, oh man, my, my gut is a mess. And then also I'm not getting these nutrients, then you definitely want to avoid these supplements. And those supplements would be ascorbic acid, which is the synthetic form of vitamin C excessive vitamin D supplementation. Um, Excessive iron supplementation, excessive zinc by itself supplementation that is not from a whole food. And that's really what I'm saying here is not that you don't need iron, not that you don't need vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, you need all those things, but it's just so much more optimal to be getting them in a whole food, um, nutrient dense way versus just taking supplements that are synthetic. Okay, so now that you have a basic understanding of histamines, we know that the gut can be a big trigger. I'm also going to go into a couple of other triggers and one of the biggest ones is anything that is just going to affect the immune system. So stress is going to affect the immune system. Environmental toxins are going to affect the immune system. A lot of times we see a big mass cell activation in people who are exposed to mold or Lyme disease or big environmental toxins. Those can all be things that can cause an over production of histamine in the body or an overexposure to histamine parasites can be a big factor as well. So all of those kind of like underlying things that you may or may not know that you have been exposed to, those can all trigger histamine a lot. And when we're looking at histamine from a hormone perspective, sometimes histamine, like I mentioned before, can actually cause more hormone system symptoms in certain phases of your cycle. And the reason for that is because estrogen essentially works in a coordinated way with histamine. And so estrogen can decrease DAO enzyme if it's in excess, and then we see a rise in histamine. And so what that actually looks like is that in your cycle, you're going to start day one of your period at the lowest level of estrogen and progesterone. And you're gonna stay that low for three to five days and you'll start to see a spike in estrogen, a slow rise in estrogen that becomes a quick rise in estrogen just before ovulation and it reaches its peak, usually the day before ovulation, triggering your LH so that you can burst that egg right out of its follicle and you can ovulate. And then estrogen declines rapidly. You have a big drop off of estrogen at that point. It remains low for about another week. And then you have kind of a smaller spike in your luteal phase of estrogen. But when estrogen is increasing and is at its highest point, you can experience more estrogen based symptoms that can also be related to increased histamine symptoms. So essentially when estrogen is driven up in the uh, hormone cycle, it can also drive histamine up if your body is reactive to histamine and responding to histamine. And so when you are seeing you know, sometimes symptoms showing up around that like pre ovulation and ovulation time and just before your period, those can be higher histamine times. And what I typically would see most is um especially around ovulation when estrogen is the highest, I would see things like brain fog. Sometimes um I've had clients who have had like a sinus infection or even a yeast infection or a like hives or itching or um like fatigue, or even some of those symptoms that are more related to histamines being bound to the uterine cells, where we would see like cramping, bloating. Um, And I say bloating kind of lightly, it's more like almost like inflammation of the uterus. And that inflammation causes kind of like an icky, bloating, crampy type of feeling. So you could have ovulation pain, some just noticing more symptoms around ovulation could also be anxiety. could also be like moodiness that feels like PMS around ovulation. Those things can be related to just estrogen alone, but often they are related to estrogen and histamine together. And when we see those symptoms later in the cycle as well, Um, If we just see them at the end of the cycle, I don't always go to histamines, but if I see them consistently in the mid cycle, then sometimes histamines do play a part. And as you're going through your healing with your hormones, we do see estrogen dumping essentially. And that means the estrogen that was stored in the tissues before, especially if you were on birth control, is starting to be able to move out of the body and be detoxed fully. And sometimes we see those kind of like fluctuations in symptoms, whether that's based on specifically just estrogen or estrogen and histamine together. So, sometimes we see more symptoms in the follicular phase. And I've had clients before where they just had symptoms in their luteal phase. And then like they moved to the follicular phase for a little while. And I actually see that as a good sign because I can tell that something is changing. I can tell that estrogen is moving and their body is moving toward more effective hormone detox. So I see that actually as a really good thing. But when we're looking at um, histamines and their effect on hormones, we always need to look at endometriosis as well. And so, mast cells are produced in higher quantities in the type of tissue that is made in endometriosis. So, people who have endometriosis are at higher risk for having higher histamine or overproducing that histamine. Um, And they also typically will have higher estrogen, at least in those tissues and or higher iron in those tissues. So it really is important to look at the whole picture with endometriosis. We want to look at the immune system. We want to look at gut health. We want to look at inflammation overall in the body and One of the biggest ways that I do that is by looking at nourishment. First, we need to look at nourishment. We need to look at stress. We need to understand whether or not hormones are being detoxed well. And once we know that you have the ingredients to make your hormones effectively, to make enough and at the right times in your cycle, and you also have the ingredients to detox those hormones effectively, we can make a lot of progress, whether it's endometriosis or it's these histamine related estrogen symptoms, or really any broad spectrum of hormone issues, because those foundational pieces have to be in place. And so of course that's what I teach in Nourital Hormones. That's what I work on with my one-on-one clients as well. And especially in the case of endometriosis or more of a formal like big hormone diagnosis, it is really helpful to be able to dive in without lab testing and get the big full picture so that we can really move forward well with that support. So to kind of wrap up this whole talk on histamines, I want to help you understand essentially like what are some of the things that you can do if you feel like histamines are a problem for you, whether it's hormonal or just kind of in general. And the very first things that I would want you to do are going to be really making sure that nourishment is in place, that you are replenishing your nutrients on a daily basis, including your minerals and your vitamins, that you're getting enough food so that your liver can function well, so that your gut can function well, so your brain can function well, so that you have enough energy in your body. So your blood sugar can be balanced so that that's not another stress response consistently causing this alarm in the body. Even blood sugar imbalances can trigger histamine um, secretion and overproduction as well. So that has to be first. And I know that I say this a lot But I know sometimes people think that they are doing this when they're truly not. And so having, you know, if you're not sure, then this is where you reach out and ask for support because if you feel stuck and you're like, but I've been doing all the things I've been doing all the basics and I need something fancier, you may, but also What if your basics are just a little bit off, right? What if the foundation of your house is not exactly solid under the house? It's like tweaked to the left a little bit. Your house is not going to be staying up the way you want it to, right? And so your hormones are not going to be, you know, balanced the way you want. If the foundation of your hormones is just shifted a little bit. And so really being able to dive in and understand for sure that your nutrients are in place, that you have those ingredients to make hormones and detox hormones well, and that your stress triggers, including environment and blood sugar and sleep and all of those things are not just like toppling over your hormone house. That is absolutely key in managing histamines as well. So definitely don't start getting all fancy with histamines. If you don't have those foundations in place and those foundations are in Your hormones, they're at the baseline of everything that I teach with my clients as well. And so that's the place to start. And then if you're like, I've already done all the things with you. I know what to do. I have the foundations. I've been replenishing my minerals. My hormones are feeling better. And histamines I think are still throwing me off. Then you can do more of a deep dive into histamines, Definitely with estrogen related histamine symptoms, vitamin E can be a helpful supplement. It can also, it can be really helpful because it actually opposes estrogen and it helps also prevent the degranulation of mast cells. And so what that means is those mast cells are not breaking down as often. And so less histamine is being released into the system. This can be especially helpful with hormonal like headaches and migraines or hormonal, um, just like mood changes and things like that around ovulation. I didn't mention headaches and migraines. I don't think in the hormone-related histamine section, but that really is one that can show up a lot too that can be related to histamines. And then we want to make sure you're supporting the gut. So increasing fiber-rich foods, just to make sure that things are moving well in the gut, that you are not getting, you know, all of your nutrients stuck in your gut, that things are actually being absorbed well and moving through. And you're not reabsorbing toxins and or estrogens because your gut is slowed down. So I'm going to tell you to eat raw carrot salad that will help with histamine response. And even like really well cooked greens, like spinach, kale, those type of things. Beans can be helpful too. It's not just carrot salad, even though that is my favorite thing to talk about basically in the world, if you listen to this podcast enough, but beans are great too. So having beans once or twice a week, having some cooked greens that are easy for your body to digest and getting some really good fiber is really helpful. And then knowing too, that hormones are often the last thing to change. And so if there's other things in your body that are causing the high estrogen, like mineral deficiencies, right? Not getting enough nutrients, having birth control, you know, that you took for 10 years, five years, 20 years, whatever that is, there are going, there's going to be a period of time where your body needs to readjust, if you have a lot of gut issues, if you have a lot of stress, if you have, you know, these mineral iron copper imbalances that I was talking about earlier, all of those things are going to be contributing to symptoms that seem like hormone symptoms. But a lot of times hormones are the last thing to change because your body has to feel a pretty big measure of safety to have adequate hormone function and to have optimal hormone function, which is what we're here for. And so sometimes it takes longer than we want it to take, but so much of the time it is so reassuring to be able to have that in-depth insight, right? Do the gut testing, do the mineral testing, do the hormone testing, any of those things, because it can tell us actually where you are versus you just hearing a podcast or looking on Instagram and being like, okay, I think this is my thing. I think it's histamines. And then you start doing fancy histamine supplements, but really like the foundations are not in place and i do think that that's really really important to be able to understand the difference between just like oh man histamine is my only problem and like but why do i have raised estrogen that is also causing raised histamine and or you know like how are those things working together is it all about my gut or is there more to the story so i think that just being able to take a step back, take a deep breath and realize that healing is going to be a process is really, really helpful and important. And then there are a lot of supplements that can be helpful for histamines. I hesitate to, you know, give you like across the board histamine supplement recommendation, because everyone is truly going to be different. It depends on your exposure. It depends on your symptoms, all of those types of things. But when you're focusing on supporting your gut. That can be really helpful. There are a couple of supplements from Seeking Health that I really like. They can be, um, they're in my full script, or you can search them on full script. And I like the histamine X or the probiota. histamine X is a gut support probiotic supplement. And I also really like stinging nettle or nettles. You can make your own nettle tea. You can drink that a couple times a day. Um, you can do capsules, whatever you want to do there. Um, and like I mentioned before, I think vitamin E is one of the most helpful. And then there are mast cell stabilizer supplements as well. But I think if you're not working with a practitioner and you don't have true guidance, I think I wouldn't go much further than the nettles and maybe some like a specific probiotic and working on, you know, supporting your, your estrogen detox with vitamin E with a carrot salad with, you know, supporting your gut and truly like working on your nutrient status. Those are going to make the biggest difference. Okay, ladies, that was my deep dive on histamines and I will see you next time. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you had as much fun with this episode as I did, make sure to share it with one or three of your besties and leave a rating and review so that more and more women can find this podcast and have happy hormones. And when you're ready to have pain-free periods, no more PMS and energy and capacity, to live the life you really want to live. And it's time to join us in Nourish Your Hormones. I can't wait to see you in there and help you have balanced hormones all month long. See you next time.